you for taking time to listen to this sermon podcast from First United Methodist Church and of our campus in Lexington, Kentucky. It is our prayer that as you listen today, you will be encouraged, challenged, and equipped to be all God has for you. We invite you to join us for worship on Sunday mornings at 11 o'clock a.m. at our Todd's Road campus near the Hamburg area of Lexington. Siblings in Christ, my uh, heart is filled with mixed emotions uh, at this moment. It's Saturday afternoon, about 1.50, and I'm here alone in the building. I am, am recording uh, this message to you uh, to keep you safe uh, as you worship. Our family has um, had a week. Uh, my wife tested positive for COVID, and subsequently myself, my sister who's in town, I have tested positive. Our kids are symptomatic, and um, And I grieve not being with you. Um, I uh, am so grateful for the renewal leave you so generously gave me this summer, and I'm uh, grateful for the chance to have worshiped with our downtown community and offered a, a word from Andover and from God to them. Uh, but um, I miss you. You, the people of Andover, who are um, beloved in Christ and whom uh, I find beloved. Uh, the very uh, expression of Christ's incarnation now uh, is the Spirit of Christ in you and the Spirit of Christ in me. And so I grieve not being with you, and yet I rejoice that you are gathered, that, that you are uh, worshiping our triune God, that you uh, have come together as the very body to uh, ascribe glory to God, to declare his goodness, to, to sing his praises, uh, and also uh, to cry out in grief and lament, to, to gather in the midst of your uh, uh, sadness and your despair to, to come together in whatever particular ways uh, you come today. I'm sure some of you have come from the, the highs of a first week of school, uh, and some of you uh, sit in the depths of your grief. Um, I, um, I've had a hard week. Uh, my father uh, continues to decline, and we've moved him uh, to a, a new part of the nursing home as uh, we're in this next phase of hospice care. Um, and now that we've tested positive, we can't go to him. And uh, so many of you experienced this during COVID, um, this uh, longing to be with a loved one, and yet you can't. Um, the church should be a place for us to bring our um, pain and our sorrow, a place to, to lay bare our hearts. There's a, a certain strand of pastoral um, identity that says pastors should never... Um, let you know that they're struggling, that they're having a hard time, that they're, uh, they're sad. Um, I, I think this seems to coincide with the prosperity gospel that says if you just, uh, uh, just trust God, things are gonna be great. And yet we see in scripture and in church history that that's just not the case. And so uh, my heart is laid bare before you. Um, you who I find beloved, you who have been the very incarnation of Christ for me in the depths of our hard times and uh, have come alongside me and my kids and my wife who have uh, written cards to my father and loved him. You who are, um, are beloved in Christ and beloved to me. We just finished up a series on uh, dogma, doctrine, and faith. Uh, dog, dogma, doctrine, and uh, belief, where we looked at some of the key tenets of Christian faith and, and what, uh, what kind of is rooted in the Apostles' Creed of our core beliefs of God is creator and God is sustainer, God who 
uh, gave law and God who made covenant, God who uh, took on flesh in Jesus and who defeated sin and death in the resurrection, this God who will ultimately uh, bring heaven to earth and uh, restore uh, things as they were that time before uh, sin and death uh, wreaked havoc, that time when God will dwell in our midst and will dwell in God's midst and heaven and earth will be one once more. This is, it was a particularly um, theoretical and heady series. As we, as we finish that up, we, we come back to the catechism for these three weeks. We come back to the, the one section of the catechism we skipped, which is the section on the means of grace. This, um, this little term is definitely Christianese. If you're playing Christian Scrabble or Christian categories, means of grace are, are literally those ways in which God lavishes us with grace. You might hear some people talk, to, talk about the spiritual disciplines or spiritual practices. Um, these are the ways that God uh, meets us uh, before we're even aware. Um, these are the ways that God uh, meets us in our salvation. These are the ways that God meets us as he is making us holy and as we avail ourselves of his grace. Uh, the means of grace, uh, as we get into them, I'm sure you hear these. And for some of you, these are things that are tools of guilt. You grew up in a youth group that said, if you don't do your daily devotions, you're a bad Christian. If you uh, skip a certain number of Sundays, uh, you're not really a Christian. If you don't pray a certain way, uh, you're not a Christian. And friends, uh, this is um, toxic and dangerous. Uh, the means of grace are never us earning anything from God, but instead they're a way for us receiving uh, from God. They're a way for us to come and... Uh, uh, open arms wherever we are and however we are and say, here I am, Lord. The Catechism talks about a few particular um, primary means of grace, the church, so uh, the, the body of Christ, and, and particularly gathering in worship as the body of Christ, uh, the sacraments, so baptism and the Lord's table, uh, praying the word of God. Uh, the authors of the Catechism uh, recognized that they would have added one more had they uh, had another revision. They would have added fasting, this has historically been the church's practice uh, to experience God's uh, revelation and grace in uh, times of deep discernment. Wesley included it in his list of the primary means of grace. These ordinary ways that God uh, lavishes us uh, with provenient, justifying, sanctifying faith or uh, grace uh, and then uh, sustains us through our life as the body of Christ. Uh, in the coming weeks, we'll talk about uh, the sacraments and we'll talk about scripture and prayer. Uh, today, uh, I want to talk about the church. All of you are here for some reason. I wish I was here with you, but you have gathered uh, for uh, various reasons. Uh, for some particular uh, reason, you showed up today. For some of you, it's because this is what you've done uh, every day since Andover opened the doors. For some of you, it's uh, because you uh, looked around and realized what you were missing from the church. For others, you Googled nearest Methodist church and we showed up and, and this might be your first day. For others, uh, you might have been uh, deep in uh, doubt and despair and decided just to show up. One way or another, uh, you had a reason for coming and um, it, it fascinates me how every church has different um, kind of expressions of, of how people tend to show up. Um, our downtown campus, many of their visitors show up from a web search. And we're looking for First Methodist Church in whatever town we go to. Uh, we, we tend to get um, folks to come for one of two reasons. They uh, looked for the nearest Methodist church in the 40509, or uh, they were invited by somebody. 
You, you uh, know how you showed up, and then you also know why you stayed. When I first started here, I heard story after story after story from you about what it is at Andover that kept you coming here. What is it that uh, made this local expression of the body of Christ your local expression? Uh, things are not peaches every day. I know that there have been times where you've looked around and went, Whew, it might be easier X, Y, or Z, and yet you've chosen to stay. And if you've chosen to stay and to be part uh, after the last few years we've had, uh, there's something deeply connected between you and this uh, community of faith. The church, um, it's an interesting means of grace. Um, often when I'm in Bible studies, we talk about the church as if it's a monolithic expression of God's love. And, and we know that it is full of people, right? We know that there is uh, a Roman Catholic expression. There is a Greek Orthodox expression. There is a Protestant expression. And even within that, there are great uh, diversity of uh, expressions. You have uh, the Reformed tradition of Calvin and Luther, the, the Arminian uh, tradition of the Methodists and the Salvationists and the Assemblies of God. And you have all these expressions who, let's be honest, uh, don't get it all right. Um, but the, uh, the church at the local level, at the denominational level, uh, messes up, but the, the uh, big C universal church is always a witness to God's love. That despite uh, flaws and foils, despite uh, what, what might have gone wrong, uh, the local church is where God uh, works in and through humanity to bear witness to his love. Our task uh, stands on the back of the prophets. Our, our uh, task stands on the back of the apostles. Our task stands on the back of Mary and Martha and Lazarus. Our task stands on the back of Phoebe. Of Timothy and Barnabas. Of Apollo. Of Perpetua and Felicitas. Of uh, the desert mothers and the desert fathers of uh, Teresa of Calcutta and uh, Francis of Venezuela. The church uh, is part of something bigger, and yet we are something local. We are this uh, body of Christ united together with a particular mission and a particular aim. Here at Andover, uh, we, we know that we are a church for the 40509, that people show up here and then uh, encounter community. So many of you can tell the stories of who that first person was that made you feel welcome, who uh, took you out to lunch or who, who uh, acknowledged your presence in a way that wasn't threatening but was instead life-giving. I worry that in the midst of COVID, some of you have not felt that welcome, that, that as we've uh, distanced from each other and as we've uh, tried to learn what it means to be a post-COVID church, that maybe you haven't experienced the, the welcome that is Andover's. If that is you, I, am, uh, I grieve for and with you. Um, and, um, and my hope and prayer is that uh, someone today will look around and say, I'm, I wonder, uh, do, they, do they have a connection? I pray that uh, somebody who's been here since day one will look over and go, I need to know who they are. Not in some weird and uncomfortable way that, that uh, you know, we don't invite you to stand up and announce that you're a visitor. We don't put uh, red visitor tags on you, but I do hope that you're welcomed well and then invited into the worship of uh, our one true God. This local church is a beautiful community of love and forgiveness. This is part of our membership vows that we will come together and uh, surround each other with a community of love and forgiveness 
and uh, take seriously the mission of um, supporting this church through their prayers and our presence, through our gifts and our service and our witness. This, uh, this expression of what uh, so much of the, the latter parts of this text are about. I wish I was with you because I love you dearly. Uh, as I looked at the text uh, that we might choose from all the catechism questions, uh, for me it was a no-brainer to come to Acts chapter 2, starting in verse 42. The believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, to the community, to the shared meals and to their prayers. A sense of awe came over everyone. God performed many wonders and signs through the apostles. All the believers were united and shared everything. They would sell pieces of property and possessions and distribute the proceeds to everyone who needed them. Every day they met together in the temple and ate in their homes. They shared food with gladness and simplicity. They praised God and demonstrated God's goodness to everyone. The Lord added daily to the community those who are being saved. This word of God for the people of God comes right after Peter's Pentecost sermon where he has uh, connected the uh, life, death, resurrection, ascension, and ministry of Christ uh, to the ministry of the prophets and, and called the spirit of Christ to come and be the spirit of the church, to, to fill the people and to, um, and to declare that the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And, and so the way they live that out is this text that uh, the church often wants to shove aside as descriptive and not prescriptive, but this seems to have been, for her great history, the, the, uh, the motivation and impetus of the church. It's why uh, religious hospitals popped up everywhere. It's why orphanages showed up. It's why um, uh, vows of poverty became part of the monastic tradition. It's why uh, churches uh, became known for the place where you could show up when you need help. It's why, still to this day, people will knock on the door and say, I need your help. This passage that gives us uh, the very real motivation to keep going day after day when, uh, when the world says the church is not important. The motivation to keep going when the world says uh, that is obsolete and outdated. The motivation to keep going when we ask, uh, why should I uh, invest my time and energy, my, um, very really my prayers, my presence, my gifts, my service, and my witness? Why? This passage doesn't say, um, after Peter finished his sermon, they hired an amazing preacher and uh, the best program staff they could. They um, had the best lighting and uh, comfiest chairs. They had better coffee than the neighbor's one. Uh, instead, it seemed uh, that what they did got together. They gathered with one another and supported one another. They uh, looked around and said, there are uh, widows, we have to care for them. There are orphans, we need to to help raise them. They are hungry. Uh, we can't have an accumulated asset when, when this one is starving. And then they went and bore witness to the love of Christ in the world around them. They uh, were in their very ordinary, everyday, eating and drinking lives, showing the love of Christ in them and the love of Christ in their community uh, to those who did not yet know Christ's love. You're here for a reason. I'd invite you to spend some time uh, reflecting on uh, what it brought you to Andover today. What it is that uh, has brought you before or made this the very first time. I'd invite you to reflect on um, how you might see a text like this from Acts and um, maybe pivot a little bit in your thought of what the church is to be. I hope you'll reflect a bit and say, who 
who needs to be welcomed into this community? I hope you'll look around and say, I know things are not perfect, um, but they're good. I hope you'll look around and you'll uh, offer up fervent prayers and you'll gather together in meals and you'll go and bear witness in the community. Friends, my heart uh, rejoices that you have gathered and I grieve that I can't be with you. You are beloved in Christ and by me. You are um, the very real, real witness to the love of God in this world. You have sustained me in hard times. I hope I've sustained you in hard times. I hope uh, whether you are joy-filled or grief-filled today, uh, this feels very present for you. And then I hope you are part of making this church present for someone else. Would you pray with me? Holy and loving God, um, teach us what it means to be uh, part of your church universal and then to be Andover. Show us what it means to share in the uh, word of God and in the table fellowship. Show us what it means to uh, care for one another and to uh, be filled with grace. Show us what it means uh, in a post, well not post-pandemic world, but in a new reality world, uh, what it means to be hospitable and welcoming, what it means to go and bear witness what it means to be grace-filled and spirit-filled. Lord, may this be an everyday, ordinary means of grace. Uh, if uh, some are here today that um, this is their first experience of your grace, may it be uh, very present. If there are folks who are uh, a hair's breadth from sanctification, may it be very real. Lord, may we each grow in holiness and go forth shining your light that in and through us the world might see your face. We pray this in the name of our Lord and Savior, whose church uh, we love, and by the power of your Holy Spirit, who uh, allows us to go and be the church. Amen and amen. Uh, friends, this week as I'm out, uh, we're going to do a little different. I'm going to invite you to stand at this time as you're able to join us in our closing hymn uh, and reflect on what it means to go forth in humble service to the Lord. Amen.